Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. All right. How's it going, Ellie? Hi. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Yeah, so we're here with LEV, uh, Chief Tax Nerd of Freebird Financial. I love that, Chief Tax Nerd. Yes. I think uh, it's a really important to just own what you're good at, right? Yeah, I mean, and nerd doesn't have the same, I guess, negative idea that it did maybe, what, 15 years ago? Nerd's actually a, a positive thing, or can be at least. Yeah, well, I, and I think in this instance, it's really great to have a tax nerd on your side because that can mean the difference between owing and saving thousands and thousands of dollars. Well, and so so this podcast is all about entrepreneurs overcoming adversity, building businesses, or kind of getting back on track. And you're not only a, a quote-unquote tax nerd, but you're also a business consultant. So you help people kind of that have maybe a great idea that are trying to build something out but don't know the ins and outs of maybe profit or loss, that kind of idea, right? Yeah, I come from a business background. I started um, managing in hospitality from a young age. My parents purchased a rundown roadside motel and we did all of it, gutting it, renovating, flipping it. Then we built a store, we rented boats and ATVs. So there was like a lot of mini businesses within the one big business that I really learned and was kind of forced to but looking back it was like a really great learning experience as a young adult and throughout my career i just grew in the the management of operations but i just couldn't nail down why the financials looked different from when i had them on the operations side to what i would get back from corporate and that really kind of bothered me because i was like where's the difference what's happening how can i get better so these are more aligned. And so I asked the corporate accountant to fly down and meet me. And from there, I met with every accountant I ever worked with. And I said, screw it, I'm going back to school or I'm gonna become an accountant. Like I need to know more. And so that really just led me down a path of learning so that I could help businesses because it's always my plan to be a part of maybe more businesses for myself or other people's businesses but help them see the full picture because it's, it's really complicated. What, so let's say you get hired on to help someone out and be their consultant, but mm -hmm. you think they have a horrible business or a horrible business idea. Do you keep your, keep your opinion to yourself or how do you, how does that process work? Well, I think we need to be, you know, money doesn't lie. That's one thing we have to flesh out the money details. So, if I think you have a great idea, but maybe the money's not coming in, we need to reassess and, you know, pivot a little bit. And if, but if you have a terrible idea and the money's not coming in, we need to have a real heart to heart discussion about why it is you really are exploring this avenue. And it comes down to doing some kind of that deep inner work. Like, why are you doing this? Why, why are you doing that? Why does that mean so much to you? And they call it like seven layers deep of just like, why do you want that? Once you have that, why is that important to you? Because, you know, some of this stuff is a passion business and people are willing to dump all their life savings into whatever, saving, saving whatever. Um, 
But I think us as business advisors, we need to tell them either, okay, A, you're not profitable. Are you okay with that? Some people are. That's maybe when you have a conversation, you find out they're a trust fund baby, right? Or some people are like, okay, I really need to switch gears. And this pandemic has been kind of an eye opener for people to really have that heart to heart conversation of like, how do I want to be spending my time? And also, how can I make it profitable? That would seem one of the the more difficult things to to have that conversation with someone. This this dream, this passion project that they have, and then going, why are you doing this? The money's not there, and and kind of guiding them to the direction of saying, hey, this might not be the best plan for you, and going forward, that seemed like it'd be a difficult scenario for for anyone to take on. Yeah, well, it's like you want to support them wholeheartedly, but if you can't see the the light at the end of the tunnel, how how wholeheartedly can I be backing you, right? Yeah. Um, so I think that's where my company is unique because I I like to say you choose us as much as we choose you because we need to be both excited about the relationship and how we're going to propel forward because we want to work with people for a long time. So if you have some half-assed idea that I don't think is, you know, I can't stand behind, we're probably not going to work together. Makes sense. Well, well, walk me, walk us through basically myself and the listeners where where you came from. Where did Ellie grow up? Kind of, I know you talked a little bit about your family, kind of getting the business going. But kind of give us a little little background about you. Yeah. So I grew up in a tiny village in Leroy or in Michigan. It's called Leroy, Michigan. We have one blinking light. Um, we have about five or six like little village towns that made up my high school. So really small. Um, and then I went to Michigan state and the economy was just taking a turn at that time. And all of the, uh, car factories started closing in Michigan. So all the GM factories, and that just meant the whole economy tanked because that was predominantly where people were making their money in the cities. And so I just decided to pack my bags and I moved to Denver, Colorado and was out there for a few years managing restaurants, opening different restaurants, and then just decided, you know what? I've got other places to go. And so I just packed up and moved to San Diego. I'd never been here. Um, just thought, you know, I always wanted to come to California in my Mustang. So I bought a Mustang in Denver, packed it up and drove out here. And just on the whim. So making the yep. transition to one place to the next, not knowing anyone and just, just going for it. Yeah. And I figured, you know, it was kind of one of those while I'm young before you have a family and kids and you're settled down, like, why not just explore a little more? And San Diego has been really fun and interesting. It's, you know, it's a great, has all the outdoor activities that you want, but yet you're still like in the city. It's so strange how you're like so connected to the outdoors, but like living this city life. And yeah, that's this is the place where I really made my career transition and kind of took the leap into doing something else. When so when I think of an accountant, when I think of a tax person, I, I think of someone that's by the numbers, by the book, everything's thought out. I'm not really thinking of someone that's taking risks, just kind of going for it and and if they have an idea that I'm gonna move to a new area, a new community, that doesn't seem that seems kind of contradicting. Is well, you funny. When I was moving to Denver, out of all the places I was picking, 
it was really like I researched um, unemployment rates, cost of living. So I'm a very like calculated risk taker um, in those regards. Like I like to do my research and then when the opportunity comes to pull the trigger, I'm ready to jump on it because I already kind of have in my in my head where I'm leaning. But in my personal life, definitely more on the adventure side, like love mountain biking, riding motorcycles, fishing, all of that stuff. So it's combining this, you know, very like technical side with this adventure loving side. But I think you have to have that. And that's where a lot of accountants are missing is looking at the big picture because it's not all just let's review your finances after the fact. I want to have a relationship where I talk to my clients about what's going on with your business. Um, how can we make your profit better? What are, what do you have planned on the road? Are you going to buy a house, have kids, you know, what's the game plan so we can make sure it's all set up for you properly, uh, with strategic tax planning. And that's kind of where my creative fun side gets to come into play into this, what people would typically consider a very boring industry. <laughs> Well, you kind of brought up before that your family had a, a business and you kind of helped them out. And then when you moved to different places, you managed different businesses. Mm -hmm. So have you always kind of had a good sense about business in your background? I think my dad really, you know, kind of ingrained that into us when we were kids. I have two older sisters, but it was one of those things when we were growing up is kind of you played sports or you had a job. Um, you know, we got good grades, but he always talk to me specifically about money. And I think that was really important growing up and kind of helping with his business with the resort was just a really great learning opportunity to see how he deals with the staff and how he deals with customers and difficult customers. I mean, that's just something you can't replace. And especially another great experience was uh, bartending and serving. Hmm. I think that's one thing that everyone should have to go through because you deal with every type of personality, the good, bad, and the ugly on a daily basis, shift by shift. So those are just things that you can take with you as you grow and especially into your own business and you start, man start to manage your own employees. It's really, I think it all just comes back down to like relationships and having great open communications with your clients, with your employees, you know, with your community. So when you knew that you're going to get into the accounting field and start your own company, what was, what was the process like? What was getting business understanding? I mean, it sounds like you already had kind of a knowledge base working with all the other accountants out there. Yeah. So, the like? yeah. so my first, dipping my toe in the water was meeting with all the accountants. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to take like a community college class. Um, so I did one at Kuyamaka just to kind of test it out. And I was like, Oh, okay. I really like this before I invested in my master's. Cause that was a, a you know, a huge investment for me. And man, it was pretty tough, you know, going, going back to school after all those years and working full time and just trying to, you know, manage life. It's like some days you're getting like three, four hours of sleep and just trying to nail everything and, you know, be your usual awesome self. And 
then transitioning into getting my own clients kind of just happened. I just started to get referrals like, oh, you do accounting. Can you help out this nonprofit? Oh, you um, do this. Can you help them out? And so once you get those first couple of clients, it's like you get that like boost of confidence and you're like, hell yeah. And then I met this lady at a networking event that does brand photography. And I think that was one thing that really kind of helped me show up was having professional photos taken because then I felt really had like a really big boost of confidence. And I was like, oh, yes, OK, I can put myself out there and I'm going to do this. And it's just been an amazing road. Um, ever since finding really great mentors in the tax field was important. Um, you know, it's a really complex industry and it changes all the time. Um, we have more changes sitting in Congress right now that we're kind of waiting to see how they play out. And I think that's the one thing I love about this industry is I'm just always on my toes, just staying on my toes at all times. Talking about, okay, you just start getting referrals. Was it, like you had to start telling something, because I know people in real estate and there's such a big failure rate in real estate people get out of business and it could be the smartest of people, yet they don't tell anyone that they're in real estate, right? Yeah. So how did, so you even just telling people that you're an accountant is, is a, something you're doing to get business. Oh, hell yeah. So the first thing I, the first client I got was actually a referral from someone who is in the master's program with me. Oh, wow. he was like, I think you're smarter than me. You should take this client. And so he just referred it to me and I was like, okay. Um, but then after that, honestly, Instagram has been the best lead gen for me. And I think it's because, um, when people envision an accountant, it's typically like an old white dude sitting in an office. That's like, give me your papers, get out. And that's kind of the relationship that people might have like in the past in I'm sure with you, you're seeing also this like boom of really young entrepreneurs coming up and they, they want someone that they feel comfortable, you know, communicating with and asking what to them seems like a dumb question, but it's a, it's a really important question that maybe they wouldn't have asked if they go um, to see someone else. And so that's yeah. one thing I try to do is just make people feel comfortable asking any question. Well, what you describe yourself as is a, almost an extrovert, right? Being the bartender, being the server. And I would think most people look at basically accountants as introverts. And so having that conversation where you can actually have an open dialogue about every single aspect of your business makes life a little easier when you can talk to someone like yourself. Yeah, 100%. I will say I am very introverted. I'm like a extroverted introvert, I guess <laughs> they call it, where you can kind of be out there. But once all the calls are done, I'm kind of like, mm, like have to take it in to recharge my batteries. I, I think I've, for myself, I've slowly ventured over to the um, extrovert avenue, and it can be kind of, it can be kind of difficult. But yeah, if you're multiple conversations of the day, you're just like, okay, I just want to relax, watch some Netflix, and enjoy yeah. Something. I, um, I totally love having conversations with business owners and just like jamming through what's going on in their business. But yeah, it definitely um, can kind of zap you out at the end of the day. 
Well, what what have been so it was pretty straightforward on getting the business, having people reach out to your referrals. I mean, something that I think most business owners wish it could be for their business, just referrals. What has been kind of some of your difficult things of getting your business going? Ooh, I think um, when I first started, it was that kind of lack of confidence, I think, um, especially because it's such a technical industry you there's a lot of liability on the line right if you make a mistake and so that part where was just me being extra cautious about the clients that i took um and finding the right mentors to get me to where i want to be right you don't ever want to this isn't a fake it till you make it industry that's for sure i mean there are those types of preparers out there but um for me i always want to be on you know top of my game and crush it for my clients so that's something i always want them to know is like i'm in your corner and if i can't help you i'm going to refer you out or find the help for you right um and so i think that's just always been something that's always on top of my mind and my my biggest budget is always continuing education every year well, talking about mentors, I mean, I, I, cause I've had a lot of uh, business coaches, a lot of coaches on here, or even people just that have mentors. How do you find the right mentor? Cause there's a lot of, I mean, in my opinion, a lot of false information online. So you can have to really dive deeper to know if that person is who they say they are. Mm -hmm. So for yourself, when you're looking at mentors, how do you choose that mentor compared to the other mentor? Um, I think for me as I've always, like I said, I always invested a lot into um, continuing education. So that was, you know, previously attending big conferences for taxes. And a lot of times I'm kind of the like elephant in the room because I'm young. It's not a very young industry. Um, so going to those events and just kind of inserting myself in with other people that I know are leaders in the industry and making the conversation. It's one of those things, um, I know Tony Robbins always talks about it, but I don't know if he got that from like Jim Rohn, but it's, um, oh, kind of about putting yourself, proximity is power, that's what it is. So putting yourself close to people who are in a position that you wanna be in. So if you just spoke at the conference on a topic and you're like a national recognized tax speaker, I'm going to go up to you and start talking to you and start developing your relationship. And, you know, that way, if I have questions, I have rapport with someone who I can go to and ask questions and kind of develop those relationships. So it's probably a little different now, right? Because everything that's going on, the conferences. Yeah. When, when a conference was going on, okay, let's say, there's someone up on stage that I really want to talk to. What's what's your process of getting in front of them, staying in contact with them, building rapport with them, and then having enough of a connection where you can reach out to them later on? Um, well, the great thing about those conferences is they're usually like three days, and there's lots of time for networking built in. I should say networking, drinking beers after the conference is over. And those are honestly kind of some of the great times to just go in there and um, kind of talk to people and get to know them as a person. 
because I think that's really what business is all about is finding people that you jive with. And if you get along, you can develop that relationship where either um, like with one lady, she helps me with representation stuff. We have a Slack channel together just so we can kind of like bounce ideas back and forth. It goes both ways. Like I'll help her with business stuff and she'll give me tips on uh, representing clients in front of the IRS. Um, Facebook is really big for tax professionals. I don't know why they love the Facebook group. So that's an extremely helpful platform. And sometimes it's just, you just need a breadcrumb, right? Like you you need information. They're like, check out this pub. And then you go on the IRS website and there you look and you're like, boom, there it is. I found it. And I think that's just the biggest thing is, you know, we all, when we work for ourselves, it's like you miss the interaction of having like a colleague that you can, you know, that water cooler chat where you can be like, oh, I just can't figure out this one thing. And they're like, why don't you just look here? And you're like, oh my God, it's so, it's so simple. It's right in front of my face the whole time. And that's what you need to find in other professionals in your industry. Cause otherwise you can just spend so much time spinning your wheels and, I'm sure you've felt that in your industry as well. Yeah, having people, I think the, the having people you can trust, like you said, and having people that you can relate to and bounce ideas off of, I think it's huge for any entrepreneur out there. Now, yeah. Oh, so so going over the idea that you're so you're an accountant, you're getting business that way. When did you venture out and, and open it up to almost like a business consultant? When did you add that to your your business? Um, that has always just come naturally because people come to me, they just have other things that they need taken care of that is falls out of the regular scope of tax and accounting work, right? Um, it's not something that I advertise or have packages for. It's, you know, we're talking and I say, man, I really think I can help you. Let's, you know, do this. I'll give you a proposal. And if you're in, I'm in, like, let's make some shit happen. And that's kind of where those come from. And I think that's what makes it really exciting for me is that part doesn't feel, you know, forced or like a, like a job per se. It's kind of fun because you get to kind of help create this thing. Yeah. It's almost like you get to be a part of so many businesses that aren't yours, right? you get this really unique opportunity to get in on the ground floor and like share exciting ideas with other people and just get the creative juices flowing. And really for me, I tie everything back to money. Cause I think, I mean, obviously everything costs money and it, you have to have money to grow and create more impact. Um, so I think that's a really interesting way to kind of weave someone like me into a business startup is because I can help you with all these like creative ideas, but we really need to know, Hey, if you're going to offer X service, how long does it take you from A to Z to service this client from onboarding the discovery call to doing the work to having the meetings? Okay. What are you charging? How many of those can you do in a month? Is that sustainable? Can you pay your bills with that? Can you grow your business with that? You know, can you retire at 55 or 60 or whatever age you want to retire making those dollars? If not, we need to adjust. A question that I love asking business owners 
and being that you have a background in numbers, you might have an easier answer, is finding out what your worth is. So how did you find out what your worth was when you're signing someone out to be a business consultant? Oh, that's a great question. I think your first step always is kind of surveying your peers and, you know, like who's your competition, right? And kind of checking out what they're doing, what kind of service they're offering. By no means does that direct what you should be charging, but it's a good idea of like what's out there. But if you can really outline the transformation or what you're going to accomplish with someone, you can bring the value there. It's not like I'm providing X, Y, Z and services. It'll take me three hours to do this. You can't come up with an hourly price. It's like, what's the value to that person? If you can get their business up and launched in 60 days, like this kind of like hold your hand service in determining that value there. And one thing I've always really felt strongly about is not, not chasing people. And that was one thing I learned early on, especially with tax is don't chase people. There'll always be price shoppers. You know, as long as you're charging a fair price and doing a great job, stick by your guns. And I think that's worked well for me because my referrals keep coming. So people are, you know, happy with the work, happy to pay the price they are. I think that's difficult for, I think, some people where they look at it that I want every single piece of business out there, which you got to know that you can't get it all. Just get what you what you can get. Yeah, and that's that's a hard part when people are starting out because they're just like, I'll take anything, right? And then you're you're kind of setting yourself in your own mental mindset that you're not worth what you want to be charging. And also then your messaging starts skewing towards these people who are not your ideal clients, right? The people that are haggling your price, they're just, it's not who you should be talking to. And you need to, you know, get that messaging out there. I'm sure it's the same if you're selling a a million dollar home versus, you know, the average San Diego $500,000 home. We're kind of like talking to different people, right? We're not saying like, hey, if you're uh, scraping by, you should come check out this open house for this million dollar home. It's the same thing with your starting in business. You have to you have to direct your messaging to the clientele that you want. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've had different um, business owners on here and it's so funny because they'll tell me, they go, once I raised my price and knew actually what my value was, I started getting better clients, better people. My life was easier, less stress because you, you know your worth and you and people that don't know your worth, you're not working with them. Yeah, 100%. And if you're, let's talk about like bookkeeping because that's a lot of what people associate with um, accounting and tax. You can you could do a Google search for bookkeeping and get it for like 150 bucks, right? And then if they're paying somewhere in that ballpark for you, they're always going to associate you with this like, oh, I could just get the app to do it. I could, you know, they just don't value you and what you're providing. And you need to make sure that you're differentiating yourself from the competition. And sometimes that really is price, as silly as that sounds. 
you know, the whole pay to play thing really does ring true. If your prices are too cheap, people will think you're a cheap service right, and they'll so treat you that way. I totally agree. So this is a question. It's a variance of my usual question. I usually ask people, can I take a talk to their younger self? What kind of advice will they give? Yet being your background, being that you, you're I mean, business consultant, you help businesses grow to the next level. If you could look back at your father's company, the company that you're working for, what kind of advice would you give that person, your father at that time? Oh, man. He was doing a lot of really uh, progressive things. I would say back in the late 90s, he was in charge of like um, the snowmobile trail reports for like a, all over the state and like visit Michigan and all that stuff. But his website was, man, it's still like ancient. He sold the business now. But all of those things, he was very like anti-Facebook, all of, you know, just the the social technology. And I think that's one thing we could have early adapted to more. Um, and also we had like one of those red books for reservations. Probably updating that system would have been a game changer. I'm yeah. a very big on efficiencies. So. No, I mean, that, I think that's great. The more people you can touch with social media, with, I mean, whatever it might be, it, it allows you more hands out there. Cause then I, I think there'd be, it'd be kind of difficult too, for some people that have owned their business for a long period of time that don't want to go online because they want to feel like they're more of a mom and pop company. Does that ever, you ever come across people like that that are, have the yeah. mindset? Definitely. I have a lot of people that are kind of adverse to social media. Um, but it's just, just a free platform. It depends on your business. Like how do you generate your leads? How do you get clientele? Like if you can, if you're still going to like BNI groups or doing provisors and you can manage all your leads from there and you have like the crappiest website and no social media presence, but your business is booming, forget about it. You don't need to. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but for some people, it's just, it's a great way to open yourself up to a new client base that isn't necessarily actively searching for you. They just happen to come across you and they're like, oh yeah, I do need to get an accountant or, oh yeah, I was meaning to like look for this type of professional. And you're just kind of like presenting yourself to them. I think it's in this day and age, it's kind of silly not to get out there. Yeah, make no, definitely. That makes sense. Well, so what's next? What's next for, for you, for your company? If we're talking to you a year from now. Ooh. Well, my company is going to be bringing on um, some support for tax season. And I also co-founded a company with a lawyer here in San Diego, Dave McQuaig. We started a company called Contract Depot. And we are building plug and play legal templates for entrepreneurs across many professions, which is really exciting because that's one piece of the puzzle that in addition to accounting that entrepreneurs like to ignore in the startup phase is they wait to do their taxes until it's, you know, April and they avoid talking to a lawyer until there's an issue and we're trying to kind of trying to bridge the gap and get people into compliance 
from day one? Yeah, actually, if, if you're listening right now, go back. Um, Dave McQuay, he was actually on the podcast. We get to hear about his story of coming from overseas and moving to the U.S. And that was kind of a, a definitely interesting one. So that's that's great that you guys working together and, and helping business owners and especially in a time of need like this. What I mean, what are some uh, little tricks, ideas that people can use if they're starting a business that you might be able to offer right now? Um, definitely start tracking your money from day one. I know you think that not much is happening. I'm just spending a little money here and there. Keep track of it. And on my website, I it's very inexpensive. I have a great um, tracker there for small business owners because it's you can't get to the advanced steps of tax planning if you don't have the foundation of your business finances set up. It's so um, crazy when you're talking to someone and they have all these big plans and you say, okay, what's your net income? What did you gross last year? And they have no freaking clue. And the only way to increase your profit is to know where you're standing now and really dissect those numbers. So I think day one, get your finance financial system set up. Well, thank you, Allie, for, for being on the podcast. Thanks for all the information, all, all the, the things that any business owner should take away a lot of things from this, this podcast, know your numbers. And if you need tax advice, do you work with anyone in the United States, only locally in San Diego or? Yeah, anyone in the US, I'm federally licensed. Okay, so yeah, if, if you need any kind of help and you have a business in, this, in the United States, reach out to Allie. All her information is gonna be in the description below. And please subscribe to this platform, tell your friends and. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.